Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of NXT Then Now Forever. I'm James Boyd and I am with Richard Lotta of LOP Radio. One Nation Radio, Social Suplex, The Nation of Islam. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, had had to bring a rich ladder experience back to um, uh, NAC then now forever. So uh, glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, I think you're now the first ever uh, three time, three time uh, appearance, right for. NXT yeah, I, I think. I th- yeah. no, no, no. This, I think this is only the second one I did. I think. You sure? I think. Wait, are we counting? The, I'm counting the first episode that was like part. part oh, two okay. Of, In that case, yeah, I'm three yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, that counts. Yeah. Okay, so. See, and I thought I was banned. You know. Banned? What do you mean? No, nah, I'm just, I'm just bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, guys and girls, we're going to start off with. Uh, five years ago, NXT. Liz, well, first of I- all, Devin, that's a cute watch. Where'd you get it? Goodwill. Second of all, giving Sasha the reins the last two weeks was an epic fail. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. And third of all, I'm going to take down every diva in this division. So starting next week, you and I have a tag match with Emma with a partner of her choice, which is kind of funny because Emma, that double bubble head, doesn't have any friends. Of course she doesn't have any friends. I don't know what you think is so funny. It's about time someone took charge. Someone with a little more (laughs) flair. That would be episode uh, 217 from April 17, 2014. Oh, let me scroll through the notes. Okay, out comes Big Cass. He's soaked from head to toe, like he's fresh out of a movie set for a, uh, a movie called Oilgasms or Old Up Bubble Butts. So, <laughs> <laughs> fifty-five, no, seventy-three. <laughs> so, uh, that man had um, the the big bambino on his tights. What the fuck is a big bambino? I don't know, but. I'll leave it for you. Y- y'all Google it. I'm not. I'm not putting yeah. that on my phone. Anyway, I'm not putting it in my search history. So, uh, David Otunga in the second run, Alberto Rigo think Big Cass needs to put down the bottle. So, <laughs> out comes Aiden English, and he does this, he does this singing for Heat gimmick that he does, and then it dawned on me. Like, now that Rusev Day is killed, why haven't we done a week or two of segments with uh, where English and Elias do a concert, English gets cheered for his good singing, and then Elias gets jealous and jumps him, and then squashes him in a match like a week later, like how they did with Def- Jeff Jarrett. How come that hasn't happened? No idea. 
when when Aiden was in NXT, I was like, wow, this guy will never make it. But I was <laughs> I was wrong and right at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the Rusev Day thing worked out so good that you can't say that he was a failure because compared to where he's, you know, when you see him on NXT and then, you know, the five villains and you're just like, yo, this this dog will not hunt. So and then now, at, you know, at, it struck me how skinny Cass was back then, like from his neck to his like this man was in great shape. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we better be it, glad that Cass didn't make Triple H his workout partner back then. Oh my god, you doing the shameless thing, y'all? Yeah. Still, boy, it, that innuendo. Anyway, so I'm. I guess since Camacho's on the show, we can save in the retrospect, like what's happened of Cass and, you know, in Camacho, because that all ties into the most recent news we have with big Cass. So we'll say that till the Camacho thing. Yeah. Sound, sound cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I like real full circle. Cass throws English around like a giant to start out. Cass hits the ropes and lands a running big boot for two. English rolls out to the apron. Cass stupidly goes after English. English, uh, kicks Cass in the knee. Commentary puts over that English has attacked uh, Cass's bad knee on multiple occasions in their series of matches. Okay, three things. First, storytelling. Two, second. <laughs> these two had a series of matches and this company and brand have not only survived, but thrived. Meanwhile, all Japan women's and Smoky Mountain are relics of the past. Life ain't fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And third, I was so busy editing my shock and disgust for this English cast few news that I forgot whatever my third point was. So I'm just going to move on. Anyway, English gets, <laughs> English gets heat on cast with tons of big clubs, clubs and punches and knee lifts and boots. And then cast that body drops English after reversing an Irish whip. English counters out of Cass's finish. Then cast counters out of English's finish. Then English again counters out of Cass's finish. But this time it was with a schoolboy. And he pulls a tight with the stupid ref out of position for the win. Bruh, this man would have shut NXT down if he ever saw this finish. He'd be like, Paul, what are you doing down there? You got the, you got the big fella getting rolled up. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, That's not division, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> you, you had him go over? Oh, my God. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, man, so. We go backstage for a Tyler Breeze interview. The interviewer asks Breeze, what's up? And then Breeze says, nothing. Just thought this episode needed someone that was gorgeous. He looks dead to the camera and makes a, I was just clever face and an exit stage left. The interviewer makes a what the fuck face. We get a Neville versus Brodus Clay plug for uh, later on in the show. Uh, then we get a WWE Slam Shitty or Slam City commercial, not Slam Shitty. Um, we just saw Cass. Never mind. So, uh, <laughs> commentary throws to a video package uh, about Paige's main roster debut, and it starts off almost identically to the Page video hype package that we've had to watch two or three times since NXT arrival, and that was in late February. You know, the typical. She's not. She's not the stereotypical diva. Then we get some new stuff. And she says that uh, it, this has been her dream since she was 13 years old and that she's different. They show highlights of her beating AJ for the Divas title on Raw the night after WrestleMania 30. We get a tape backstage interview from that episode of Raw where documented face fucking enthusiast Tom Phillips asked Paige, how was, 
how has she been acclimating since winning the Divas title? Paige says it's completely mind blowing that she doesn't even, and it doesn't even feel real to her and still uh, feels like a dream that just hasn't become a reality yet. Um, then former altar boy Phillips asks about the uh, larger target now placed upon her and. Page then goes off and says the main roster divas were initially happier for or happy for her and congratulated her and then that all the hugs and congratulations smiles turned into side looks sneers and whispering but the thing is these dummies didn't realize that they were wearing microphones so Paige could hear everything that they were saying about her and then she notes that Sasha and Charlotte both won her NXT belt and it says that AJ Lee got complacent and she studied her as well as every single diva from the main roster in uh, NXT. And she says she won't be complacent because she looks forward to divas gunning for her. So And, th- and then she proceeded to get uh, that terrible baby face booking right off rip. Yeah. So if we flash forward to, what was that, how many weeks ago? To like from, from this to present time, maybe to or relative present time of this year about a month or so ago when she was saying that it's the fans perceptions that are more toxic than the company or whatever else and meanwhile she's you look back at what she's put on put on tv she's the anti-diva that said that all these women in the back are are sneering backstabbers ready to screw her over because the people that are writing this and and the real reason is because people are writing this show are men to hate women so, which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 I and and the shit that that killed me about her coming out and saying all that like no one like like she lobbed she lobbed that shit up herself like nobody like yep you know, she just randomly started tweeting about that shit one day and I'm like all right Paige all right anti diva whatever you say <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not about to correct you <laughs> yeah so we get Camacho versus Oliver Gray so. Bro, Camacho can't be around for much longer than this. Oh, no. Yeah. Short match. William Reeves refers to Camacho as a savage opponent and a brutal beast as he takes control of the match. Gray throws That's crazy because they had an Islander playing a Mexican. Um, so, like, like, Regal was, like, crossing up, like, his, you know, his racism there. Not really. It's just the savagery is that. He's not white. That's the savagery. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's yeah. So, he takes control of the match. Oliver Gray throws some strikes at Camacho no sells until Camacho finishes the match with a Samoan drop for the win. I ain't never seen no Mexican wrestler with a Samoan drop uh, yeah. for a finish, yeah. but, you know. Amazing. Then again, this is a, this is a Pacific Islander that is uh, pretending to be a Mexican because, you know. So, the Al- Oliver Gray dude. Um, I, I I had never seen that guy before, right? But mm-hmm. then Regal had this part on commentary where he was like, "Um, this man is a blood relative of someone in England." I was like, "Hold on, this man is a blood?" Like, it it, it was just weird. Yeah, he also mentioned that uh, that him and Neville were once tag champs together. I think for NXT back in the day or FCW, I don't know, one of the two. I you know he's clearly. Well, We'll have to check the official record books because I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I ain't believing that shit. Maybe, but look, either way, he's Janetti. Can we agree on that? Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't, I don't know if this guy's alive anymore. So I don't. Oh my god. (laughs) See, now if I go and like hit the wiki or the profile DB or whatever else, we find that this man is deceased, and like now we're assholes. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate that. (laughs) So. 
we go backstage for Bo Dallas interview. He says that his believers are law-abiding citizens, which is why his mission to occupy full cell was underwhelming. But the Bo believer hotline is ringing off the hook with support. He says his drive is to uh, to win back the NXT title will never die, and neither will the Bo movement. Uh, then they pause for comedic effect as he smiles off in the distance and the interviewer looks like, well, what the fuck? What's next, like, robot? And then um, he tells Has the, the bow movement to, died? Sorry? Ha, has the bow movement died, James? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote Jalen Ramsey, you tell me. So uh, he tells the interviewer to uh, don't stop believing. Yes, pop me. Hold on to that feeling. Jesus. So we get a commercial for WWE Legends House. We get a commercial for Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mystery. And then we get Ascension versus Wesley Blake and Kyle Bishop. Amazing. Bruh. The Ascension was rising the fuck up during the entrance, by the way. Yes. Yes, they were. Bruh. You would know this question. Uh, You'd be somebody that would know this question. Who's been in NXT longer? Wesley Blake or single A Aaliyah? I would say Wesley Blake and Aaliyah arrived shortly after this. Mm, okay. Th- that would be my guess. Okay. Because like, remember when they were doing that. Uh, breaking ground. Breaking ground and they were doing that ESPN doc that had Xavier Woods still in NXT. I believe Aaliyah was in it and they were still trying to fit. And she was figuring out like one of her 15 gimmicks that she was trying on at the time. So, yeah, I don't know. It. it I could fully be wrong, but I, I just feel like I've seen Wesley Blake, but I don't know. I'd have to check on it. Well, either way, they're the heart and soul of developmental. Not Johnny Gargano, not Sami yeah. Zayn, not Bailey, not Asuka, not Charlotte, not Sasha. Them. <laughs> yeah. So, so did, not did you see Vic, Victor? Did you see Victor five years ago? That man was barely holding on back then. Oh. Hair-wise. I wasn't... Okay, so... Okay, I'm going to save talk about people's appearance until later on in the show. So you can have this one and I'll have mine later. So you had that one. So Connor No sells some strikes from Blake and then proceeds to run him over, over and over again with some shoulder tackles until Blake rolls out the ring. Uh, Victor tags in and chops the hell out of Blake down uh, at ringside. Blake gets back in the ring and desperately crawls to try to tag out of his match until Victor uh, cuts him off or cuts him off and it throws him into the. Um, Ascension's corner as uh, this Bishop dude looks halfway relieved that he doesn't have to tag in. Connor tags back in and stomps the hell out of Blake. Uh, then he tags Victor back in and he clotheslines Blake. And then Victor tags Connor right back in and he charges to the opposite corner and knocks Bishop off the apron down to the floor. And then the Ascension hit their high low combo for the finish. Bruh. Cal if Bishop. I see another match in the next five years. Of this show, where Wesley Blake tags with uh, this Bishop dude, this uh, this Kyle Bishop dude, that's bullshit. Because if I had this match, or Rich, this is real life, and we were friends, and I was getting my ass whooped by the Ascension like this, and you ain't tagging to stop me or nothing, and you all the thing you come around with is you get pushed off the fucking apron while I'm getting my ass whooped. We are no longer friends. We are no longer speaking terms. In fact, it might be on site after, well, after I heal up after this ass whooping I took. Well, Cal Bishop was later released uh, on Breaking Ground on the show, so okay. I don't know how much longer he'll be around. Good. I know, I, well, you know, that you, is you gonna, can, it's a reality show, but Wesley Blake yeah. had to be like, yeah, 
That's right. Yeah. That's what you get, yeah. bitch. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so over the summer, you're going to start noticing every single strike is going to get the yaw treatment. Oh, it's already it, it's just start. It, it's just starting. Okay, this like, is like the, it's gonna get it's gonna get real intense. Okay, well, this was this this was the second appearance of the Yaz with the Ascension. So so yeah, I was already picking up like when Connor was hitting those stomps in the corner. It was yeah 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 yeah, like boy, Mad City. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we go backstage and get an interview with Sasha and Charlotte. Sasha has on this red glitter under her eye makeup that makes all those Rana pink eye jokes that were hurled on Twitter last year from the Sasha and uh, Horsewoman Hive look foolish and hypocritical. So <laughs> Charlotte uh, constantly cuts off him a little Sasha on recently losing matches to Emma and Bailey. Then Charlotte says that her and Sasha are going to tag against Emma and a partner of her choosing next week. My immediate thought is, oh my God, Sasha was the proto Dana Brooke. Damn. Early Charlotte and Sasha beef. I guess so. It's in the incubator. Yeah. Like, they broke up and remained heels, both of them. (laughs) Yeah. So, Great Kali versus CJ Parker. Before you get there. Before you get get there, the commentator said uh, CJ Parker will be back. And then, like, they built a thing. And the thing he said was CJ Parker can't hide his frustration anymore. Double entendres. Some lines mean more do you think. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, what are we? uh, I think we're probably, what, four, five months away from him getting squashed by Kevin Owens. And then we never see him again, right? Right, right. Yeah. And, and his promo that he cut before this, like he was hitting on something, and then the yeah. great Kali's music hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I got it. No, I got it. Oh, okay, my yeah. fault. I was, I was gonna say, uh, no wonder this dude fucking quit. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, CJ Parker comes down the ring, he says he lays in bed at night and wonders what the world will be like without the NXT universe. He rhetorically asks, How can you boo someone that wants to be the change in the world? How can you boo someone who cares? And then Kali's music cuts him off and he comes down to the ring. So the match starts and Parker lands one chop to the chest. Kali no sells it. Kali gives him a monstrous some monstrous chest chops and it's send him rolling out to the floor. Kali goes after him, but Parker catches and snaps Kali's leg against the ropes. Parker punches and drop kicks Kali in the corner. The crowd starts chanting global warming. Yes. Assholes. <laughs> Parker goes to the top rope and then jumps off, but Kali swats him out of the sky with another massive chest chop. Kali hits the big boot and some clotheslines and a two-handed choke slam for the win. I believe it's called the Punjabi Plunge. Was that one of the better great Kali matches you've ever seen? Actually, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think of it that way but you know what you might have a point sir like that's what I thought I was like that wasn't like a tr- a car crash like yeah. normal but yeah it know. was kind of similar to the big cast match earlier like it's short and it didn't go long enough to where you felt that like it was going too long like it, it, it didn't run it didn't overstay its course so it was just right. like in and out get out of there don't be, don't expose the the challengers which is like the limitations yeah. yeah like thank god for this one hour show like you imagine if they were trying to do two hour nxt at this point in time my god yeah they'd have folded this shit up yeah you're like nah bro nah this ain't it 
So we get a backstage interview with Emma where she's asked who will be her tag partner next week or if she has an idea of who her tag partner will be next week against Sasha and Charlotte. She alludes to having one but doesn't tell us and then walks off. Then we get another backstage interview with Sami Zayn. He's wearing workout clothes uh, but still has on his paperboy hat the Kangol, the front Kangol. And now I'm imagining Montez Ford in, in gym clothes walking around full cell with the activist in his cup or <laughs> or Kona Reeves in his workout gear and wearing all those fake chains. <laughs> so, Unbelievable. Yeah, so anyway, Zane says that the medical staff has cleared him and he appreciates them for their caution, but he believes that um, he could have continued in the match against Graves from a few weeks ago. He mentions a future match between him and the Usos versus Graves in the Ascension. Then notes that things between him and Graves have gotten personal, and it's not about personal. Just yeah, he says it's not just about the head injury. He doesn't. He just doesn't like Graves, and he says Graves is the kind of guy who needs to be put in his place, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Out comes a tag team of Jason Jordan and Ty Dillinger. <sighs> Okay. Just hilarious. Like, you know, so that music that he came out to, right? It was like an early version of like what Jordan's theme would normally be. There's a loud ass open hi hat on that shit. Like, that's straight out of a Kanye West drum pack I downloaded years ago. Hmm. Yeah. So Ty and Jason Jordan are both making their NXT network date, or sorry, their uh, WWE network debuts. These two look like the next tag team that that Jim Cornette would have had on the list if Jericho and Storm never came to town for Smoky Mountain. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, like they're just the they're just the most dollar store generic this baby face look, cake tag team you ever saw. Look, they out they out there looking like the the mid to uh twenty. 2010s version of Marcus Alexander Bagwell and um, Tuco Scorpio. Oh my god. Yeah, they look like one of those teams. Absolutely. Jason Jordan looks like he'd be a millionaire if he had a dollar for every time a white person said to him, I don't think of you as black. Like, I can... <laughs> Like, dude, I can see the, I can see and feel the pain behind that smile and, and in those eyes. I feel for you, brother. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Jason Jordan and Ty Dillinger versus Baron Corbin. Yes, Sawyer I was shocked. Oh my god! Okay, so I didn't even I didn't even recap this match because I was too busy thinking about a million different things. Like Jason Jordan uh, and, and Corbin start with a lockup, and I just can't help but think about the amount of like terrible TV these two have contributed to WWE as singles acts on the main roster. <laughs> like just just so dumpster fire. Like, and then I'm looking back at at like. Dillinger and Corbin's old physiques back then and like now considering how like the house shows these days are netting like next to nothing in profit these days like I wonder what's the point of still doing this amount of house shows in all these house show dates these days when the uh, on the main roster when Ty Dillinger looks like he stopped lifting weights like since the day of this taping five years ago and like Corbin now wrestles in a shirt mainly because travel is such a bitch like just <laughs> yeah I, wow like, like uh, Cor- Corbin had, like, he kind of had like a bigger frame then, so like he was kind of more in line with what it looked like to be his football shape back then, and um, he is largely the same wrestler now that he was then. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I really got is uh, Jason Jordan hot tag was still sort of a thing even back then, and then he tags in Ty, and Ty and him hit a elevated uh, double team DDT for the win. So I can tell you this, Ty Dillinger looked like he was about like a 10 year pro at this time. Right. Mm -hmm. And he like 
just just looking at him like and knowing how guys work now like he's clearly a veteran ringer that they had in there it just how he like paused when he was doing the chops in the corner and moving around the, the ring Sawyer Fulton is an M- MLW now. He looked ridiculous, by the way. That man had Andre the Giant singlet on with dress pants or something. I don't know what the fuck. And and like a short blonde hair uh, haircut where he looked like June Tao from uh, Rush Hour. And he uh, and, and the funny thing I noticed about this was, you know, from a couple weeks ago they had that thing that story that came out about McIntyre at the finish where they wanted him to completely disappear from wherever. The same thing happened in this match. Corbin, of all people, was protected like McIntyre. They did the finish, and Corbin disappeared. You didn't see him. It's amazing. This shit is not new. I wonder how long we didn't notice this. I'm sure they've done it a bunch of times. It's just, you think that, you would think that they'd be smart enough not to book the fucking match to begin with. Like, if it's a guy you want to protect, then protect him by not putting him in a match where he catches any L, or he has an L by association. Like, it still goes on a win-loss record. Like, they would like to pretend that, like, you not getting pinned while losing an L doesn't, like, lose you steam. If you don't believe me that that's not true, look at Alistair and Ricochet now that all they do is lose title matches or fail to win title matches, but they never get pinned. It's about wins and losses, but more importantly, it's about failing or succeeding. And WWE has an issue with, you know, look, baby and, faces and, succeeding And when so that much. happens or not. Say again? And the time that it happens, or whether it's the right time or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we get a commercial for the horror movie Oculus, and then we get Adrian Neville versus Brodus Clay. <laughs> Neville sticks and moves and sticks and moves until Clay finally gets his hands on him, and suddenly it's, it's clobbering time. <laughs> uh, clubs, boots, and a nerve holes. I think it was two nerve holes. And then uh, Neville chops the tree uh, with some leg kicks, and then he goes to the top rope. Clay moves out the way out of, I think, was a 450 splash, and then Neville ends up uh, flip or rolling to the mat in the charging bag, and then he ends up getting laid out with, like, a running attack. I think it, was, it wasn't a shoulder tackle, but it was something to that effect. Um, they end up on the outside, and Clay's goes Clay goes for a splash on Neville um, from the on the floor from the apron, but Neville moves out the way, and then the ref gets his DQ count out, up to nine, and then Neville... He, like jumps up to his feet and then into the ring and gets a kind of win. Clay is pissed and he tries to charge back into the ring, but Neville clears him off the apron. And then they're, they're staring at each other. This is clearly not over, and we face the stunk. That stunk. Oh, the finish. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, we need to prolong this feud, but we don't want to beat Neville. So and Clay's a gigantic monster, so we'll beat him by you know doing a count out. I never thought I would say I, I preferred the great Kali match over the Pac AJ Neville match. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, you have a point. You have a point. Oh, man. So I guess it means we move on to this week's episode of NXT. To the, to the uh, DeLorean. <laughs> Jigawatts. Yes. <laughs> what, what the hell is a Jigawatt? Undisputed Era, it, it seems like there was some tension between you guys following NXT TakeOver New York, but is it safe to say that that's all been resolved now? Listen, here's the deal, Kathy. All right, what you saw tonight was the difference between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. Jo- Johnny, he gets caught up in the emotion of the moment, calling himself Johnny Champion, riling up 
the NXT universe only to be caught in our trap. <laughs> because the Undisputed Era, we do not let our emotions dictate. how are you? Do you know, I've just had a wonderful conversation with Johnny Gargano. Yes, and, and he, he says that he definitely wants to face Undisputed Era. That's what I don't say. Of course he did. Uh, so if you could tell me when I'm facing Johnny Chump Change, that would be great. <laughs> he didn't actually say that he wanted to face you. He wanted to face Roderick Strong. So next week on this show, it will be Roderick Strong against Johnny Gargano. Good evening. <laughs> NXT 502. For those that are wondering, last week's episode, I just assumed that they did not call takeovers and number them, but apparently they do. So, TakeOver New York was NXT 500. So, last week was 501. This is 502 from the date of April 17, 2019. The show opens up with the North American title match between Velveteen Dream and Brady Murphy. Murphy uh, ends up getting the early advantage in... Uh, Dream ends up posing. Murphy uh, hits him with some knee strikes for a two. Um, a few moments later, Mur Murphy sailed over the ropes with a Tobey Conhilo. Murphy followed up with a Meteora for a near fall. Dream cuts him off, and Murphy ends up feeding for a comeback. Dream does his normal double axe handleage. <laughs> uh, Dream ends up knocking Murphy off the apron. Uh, we get a second double axe handle off the top rope to the floor. Um, Murphy's in some trouble. Uh, Morrow then gets in a Prince reference because, duh. Then Dream went for his finisher, but it, but he couldn't get it. He ends up, uh, he ends up using a code breaker for two count. Uh, they fought on the turbuckles and then they both fell to the floor. Um, they get back in the ring and they exchange um, some strikes, you know, typical fighting spirit stuff. Um, Murphy then snapped Dream with the DDT for two. Murphy went for a sunset flip, but Dream delivered a DVD. Uh, this led to uh, an exchange for some near falls. Murphy hit a Chicken Ando kick and then followed up with a, a Liger Bomb. Dream still kicked out. They fought on the apron where Murphy hit Dream with a leaping knee strike. Dream knee trigger. <laughs> Dream caught Murphy with a Famouser. Um, and then he was getting, as they were getting back to the ring, then we get a, uh, a DVD and then a Purple Rain Maker for the pinfall. So what you think of the match? Yeah, I thought this was a, a pretty good TV match. And um, seeing Buddy Murphy come in uh, compared to what he used to be in NXT, he's just like been transformed, it seems like, and replaced with a new human being. Velveteen Dream is light years ahead of where he was even a year ago. Um, and it was it was a good win. It, the, the finish kind of came out of nowhere because it seems like Murphy was like dominating for a period. But then uh, for those of you that have heard on the Goldberg show, uh, that man lost to the Mongo strategy, essentially. So what would happen um, is when Goldberg, anyone tried to get an advantage, the only way to get an advantage on that man, whether he was entering or exiting the ring. So he got caught slipping, essentially. And and dream put him away and you know it, it's always good for the uh champions to get a uh, title defense on tv i i always enjoy those yeah okay so i'm just i'm just kind of out of sorts here um sorry about that so we got a backstage segment with the street profits um they have a special editions of street talk and normally when they do these street talks you already know what it is it's about to be some foolishness this shit so, was hilarious yeah so 
they vowed to create their own opportunity by going to Mr. Uh, Mr. Regal, my God, to, to, to Commissioner Regal's office, the tag team formerly known as War Raiders, and um, meet them on the way to Regal's office. And James, they came out of the office wearing War Raiders t-shirts. Yeah, that's because this was taped a week before. So, <laughs> you know, again, main roster is screwing up Triple H's little super indie. So, oh, well. Yeah, we end up getting uh, them. They both meet up uh, basically in front of the Regal's door. And then um, they said they heard about what Montez Ford and D'Angelo Hawks were talking about. So they already talked to Mr. Regal and uh, both teams are booked for a match next week, which means Street Profits are probably champions. One would assume, right? So out comes Johnny. He comes out to the ring for his first appearance at Full Sail since becoming champion. He was Darnold. wearing the belt, too. Is that something odd? Well, you know, sometimes folks might carry it over the shoulder or something like that, but this man had the full outfit on, wearing the title belt. The belt looked a little bit too big for him because, you know, Johnny's small. But, um, yeah, it was funny. Okay. So, yeah, Gargano then begins to discuss his road to the title, and then he's interrupted by Adam Cole and Undisputed. Cole claimed he beat Johnny at TakeOver, which he did in the first fall, which is technically true, but, you know, it's a two out of three falls thing, so you lost like you normally lose at every TakeOver in singles match. So, anyway, um, he says if it was any other match that Cole would be champion, and the crowd echoed, you tapped out to Cole because Cole tapped out literally twice. Cole um, called Gargano an an idiot, and um, he said he was nothing more than a punk. Gargano said that uh, Cole was emotional and then joked about um, trouble in Cole's little boy band. Gargano admitted that Cole beat him in the first fall of their uh, title match, but Gargano went on to remind Cole that he made him tap out twice in two straight falls. That was just not definitive. That was undisputed. This so felt Cole, like Triple H wrote this promo of course. for Johnny. <laughs> of course. So then, yeah, you like got to bury somebody with their own catchphrase. Yeah, that definitely sounds like something that uh, Triple H would do. Um, so then Cole tried to cut him off, but Gargano kept going. Gargano said that if he lost, he would not be out here uh, crying and whining it like a little spoiled baby. Yeah, this is definitely a Triple H promo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, like, this is exactly like, you know, when we go back, was that a few weeks ago when Triple H is doing the give me what I want, what I really, really want. No, give me what I want, what I really, really want. Yes. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. You are a terrible baby face. So, <laughs> Yeah, so then Gargano challenged him, and then Cole said, be careful what he wished for, and then uh, Undisputed closed in on the ring. Roger Strong jumped Gargano from behind with a super kick. Undisputed ganged up on Gargano for a beatdown. They held up Gargano so that Cole could hit him with a super kick. Undisputed stood tall, uh, and the angle would lead to a match being booked with Gargano and Strong. I like my credits. I think the night Johnny won the belt, I was like, he should fight Roddy first. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know where they're going next. I mean, obviously, this is one of those just tune-up things to get them ready until, you know, they buy time to figure out who he's really going to wrestle. But chances are he goes yeah. through Roddy, and then it gets to Cole again and beats Cole or whatever else. Yeah, so we get a vignette that plugged uh, Kashida making his in-ring debut in two weeks. Then we get Dominic Dijakovic versus Aaron Fry. Dijakovic cut a promo after the match, calling himself the Croatian Colossus. Um... They love the alliteration. Uh, yeah, they do. Um, he said he's only in the NXT because his family gave him a chance by immigrating to the United States, and that spirit is in his veins and it drives him. He says his eyes are on the North American title and tells Velveteen to feast his eyes. That match will be incredible. So, 
<laughs> yeah, they yeah, gotta drop the catchphrase though. Like that, sh- they, that shit sounds terrible. Trying to work it in every promo. Yes, it's too on the nose, whatever else, and whatever. I get you. I'm with you on that. But like, when that man started doing these these damn black flips, I'm like, yeah, eyes are feasted. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, he ends up squashing Aaron Fry with, with a running boot. One move. Remember Jersey Shore? Yes. One shot, son. <laughs> so uh, we get uh, Kathy Kelly. She interviews Undisputed Era um, and asks about the dissension of the group. Cole dismissed the thought. And then he starts cutting a promo on Gargano. He ends up getting interrupted by, by Regal. And Commissioner informed him that uh, a match is booked for them next week between uh, Gargano and Strong. And uh, then we get a, fi- a promo filmed on cell phone with Vanessa Bourne and single A Aaliyah. And they challenge uh, Lorraine to or Candice to uh, to find a partner for a match next week, which is kind of similar to Charlotte and Sasha challenging Emma with a mystery partner. So I wonder who that will be. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, something you missed. Uh, Adam Cole didn't look like that. He like he, he, he wasn't down with Roddy getting a match against Johnny. Oh, That's something course. to keep an eye on. Of course not. You know what's about to happen. Like, they're about to Ole Anderson, that man. <laughs> yep. Trouble in paradise. <laughs> yeah. Like, does Roddy have kids? I believe so. Yeah, he just recently had a kid with, uh, with Marina, but, like, uh, yes. in the last year or so. But, yeah, like, if he was a little older, they could be they could pull that, like, you know, you and your you and your shitty little kid, they could, they could pull <laughs> one of that, just like they did with the Forceman. But, you know, it's a little too young to be t- calling babies shitty. But yeah, uh, and uh, so, v- Vanessa called. Uh, can't she said lowers this week? So we, we've now made the lower term plural. Yeah, it's a noun. Yep, <laughs> it's officially a noun. Okay, so then we get Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. Okay, so Kyrie ends up showing some fire early on. She ended up dropping Baszler with a spinning back fist. Uh, sliding clothesline caused Baszler to take a powder. Kyrie followed up with a crossbody off the apron. A flying forearm got uh, Kyrie a two count, but uh, we end up getting a comeback from Baszler. Um, she starts running down some strikes, a bicycle knee strike, which uh, led to Baszler going for a sleeper. Sane is up countering, and she ends up uh, hitting the, in- the interceptor spear for, uh, or not even for a pin call, but just to get some separation. Then uh, Sane started a comeback and then applied the anchor, but Shane ended up getting the ropes. Kyrie ends up uh, hitting a flying elbow off the top. She ends up climbing to the turnbuckles, but Shane ends up stopping her only to get grabbed in the tree of woe. And then Kyrie then leapt onto leapt into a double foot stomp. However, uh, Kyrie was soon crash and burn off, um, off after leaping off the apron. Um, Shayna then uh, targeted the arm and then she tortured Kyrie. And then after a government suplex, Shayna went back to working over the arm. Kyrie got a rope break and then rolled out of the ring. The referee called for a trainer, and then Eo ends up um, running out to check on her, check on Kyrie, and then Baszler reached outside to to drag Kyrie back into the ring as Baszler uh, T stomp at Kyrie's arm, and then Shirai jumped in for, uh, to hit Baszler for the DQ, and then the Horsewoman pulled um, Shirai out of the ring and they forced her to watch as uh, Kyrie got her arm broken. This so, is actually really well done. Um, and the whole emotion of it was like, Io Shirai has to fight all of these women. like, And she's going to have to go through through them all to, to get revenge for her friend that they've put out of the sport, essentially. 
Yeah. Even though the day before she debuted on the. Like, She's out the sport. It's so weird. <laughs> like, to me, it's so weird is because they were talking about taking Kyrie off of NXT apparently for a while now. Like, you know, like the last. The last two Royal Rumbles, the last two uh, Women's Battle Royals for WrestleMania, she's been in both of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, she already had her title run, and it was short-lived, and she had her her feud with with, with, uh, Shayna, and it seemed like it was done for, and it seemed like Kyrie and or Shayna were were two just, like, sitting there wasting time in NXT, um, or, you know, toiling around NXT, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and you felt like with EO there and Kyrie being there a year before EO, she could have helped her out in her development as far as learning what they want to do and that sort of thing um, on the main roster, in, in especially, but especially in NXT. And that would have made a compelling feud, but, you know, maybe the thing is they just don't want to do that because there won't be promos for it or whatever else or promos in a traditional sense which is ridiculous because all you have to do is sit them down put on subtitles people look at it um and it's an easy story there but (laughs) you know because unlike uh, (laughs) because unlike Kyrie and Asuka um in that Twitter conversation you had EO and Kyrie have tagged up and teamed plenty of times in stardom and in Japan. So um, there was an easy story there um, for the future to continue that on, but they decided to move her up and did it before they even shot this one. So, I mean, whatever. You know, it's supposed to be implied different universes, but it's like one hand, you know, one hand's doing one thing and the other hand's doing the other. So, Typical. Yeah, Shayna looked like a like a, a fucking killer in this match, um, and you kind of just got the feeling like uh, I, I think Kyrie got a real nice goodbye. They put something up on the PC YouTube channel uh, for her walking through the back, hugging everybody and crying and everything like that. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to a Shayna Baszler Io Shirai program though. Yeah, I mean she's that's got to be the thing where like she goes through, but. I don't know, like, what do you do with Bianca in the meantime, or do you make it a thing where she, EO just beats Bianca, or like to I mean, me, you it know feels how it like is. It, she's it, she's gonna be off cycle. You think so? Yeah, because like they're about to start introducing Candice. Candice again, the other feud. Like maybe mm-hmm. she's the mystery partner. Maybe like I haven't looked at the spoiler, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm saying um, well, like yeah. So um, maybe. It just, it just seems so easy to me where, like, either Bianca or Io, not at Kyrie's now at the table, vanquish Shayna. Shayna goes over to the main roster, and then you turn Bianca on Io, and that's your few for the next, you know, that takes you throughout the rest of the year. Does that, make, does that just make too much sense? I mean, yeah, this is all predicated on Shane leaving, so and it seems like they're just allergic to doing that. So, <laughs> seems like it. Yeah, Look, we could use Shane Baszler on uh, Monday Night Raw. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Like you look at that main, you look at that main roster for the women in the singles division, and it's it's Alexa, it's Lacey, it's Natty, who was just long in the tooth. It's 
uh, Dana Brooke, uh, Nia Jax, Tamina. Who else is on that? Oh, Naomi, who yep. who has something, who has clearly has something, but they never trust it because we have our reasons to believe that they why they don't trust it. But um, hopefully they still got Sasha. Yeah, they may or may not have Sasha. Like they are screwed if Sasha says, "You know what? Fuck this. I'm done." Especially because if she if she comes back, who the fuck she's supposed to be? What is what is she supposed to be doing on TV for the next you know six months for them to wait until it's finally time for her to feud with Becky? Yeah, man, I I, I feel like they were gonna try to set up uh, her and Alexa feud again. Oh, Sasha and Alexa? Yeah. No thanks. No thanks. I agree. I, I've been there. I've seen it, um, and it's just too toxic. It seems like. Yeah, like I've um, I saw a thing where Alexa was tweeted congratulations to Kyrie, and then Kyrie sent her a, a tweet back saying, "I want to wrestle you with hearts or something like that." And I was like, "No, <laughs> stay away, stay far away." Yeah, like don't you know that you never mind? Don't you yeah, know that no. you will be you will be made to lose to her because dot 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 um. Yeah, so, man. All right, so my question for you, as me being a, a totally biased Kyrie Sane fan, what is her standing in the pantheon of women in NXT or, shall I say, non-main roster WWE network history amongst the women? I would say she's in the top ten, comfortably. I wouldn't say top five. Uh, I would probably say maybe in the six, seven, eight range. That's more or less what I was thinking. Um, yeah, I was thinking like I can't say Bailey, I can't say Oscar, I can't say Charlotte, I can't say. Um, I think I said Sasha. Basically, the four horsewomen minus Becky plus, and then you throw in Oscar, and then like after that, like she's right there. That's kind of how I felt about it. Um, because yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think because um, there there was that gap like Ember Moon never really got off the ground. There's like her and Shayna are occupying like similar spaces. I feel like yeah, but the thing that the thing that sh- that uh, or that Kyrie has that Shayna doesn't is the Mayon Classic runs or the Mayon Classic run because they both met each other in the same tournament in the final, but Shayna really only had two. Or sorry, three great matches out of the five, but Kyrie, like every single match was great. Right. Um <clears throat> Yeah, there there's her and you know. Yeah, I think she's in that, that five, six, seven range. Or excuse me, that six, seven, eight range. Yeah. All right, well, uh thanks for doing the show again. So do you want to get plugs in? No doubt. Um make sure y'all follow me on Twitter at richladder thirty two and at one nation radio. Um get your uh uh, One Nation Radio shirts from ProSNTs.com slash so suplex. And um, yeah, just listen to the shows. We appreciate y'all support always. Yeah, so that's on Sundays. That's us on doing One Nation Radio on Monday slash Tuesdays. We ever, we ever figured that out if that's officially Monday or Tuesdays for, for keeping a strong style? You ever figured that out, Rich? I, I didn't figure that one out. Okay, well, Mondays or slash Tuesdays, keeping a strong style. Um, was it Wednesday? We get the Rick and Clive um, wrestling show. Every other Wednesday, we get grown men watch this shit with Chris and Jeremy. 
on Thursday slash Friday because of my electrical problems that I had tonight. Um, it's uh, NXT then now forever, and on Saturdays we have all things elite with Floyd. Did I miss a show? I didn't miss a show, right? No, nah, that's it. Yep. All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, listen, follow, subscribe, download, rate, give us five stars. None of that four, three star hating shit. Um, and no. fa- break the scale if you can. Sorry. I said break the scale if you can. <laughs> oh, Melser it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Later. Bye.